Hi there. I'm Joe Dudek, president and founder of Keyhole Marketing. And I'm Shannon Jarek. I work for Keyhole as the assistant brand manager. And this is Metaphorically Speaking, a podcast that explores the mysterious side of marketing. metaphorically speaking, we are just really excited for the opportunity to kind of wrap up this cause and COVID mini series that we've been focusing on for the last several episodes. And to help us do that, we are honored for the opportunity to chat with Dirk Draper, who is the president of the Colorado Springs Chamber. Yeah, this is kind of a nice bonus episode to this series. We were excited to connect to small business owners, and that was our main focus. And then we thought, let's let's be crazy enough to reach out to the president of the chamber and see if uh, they're able to kind of tell from their vantage point what are the things they've focused on in this pre-COVID and post-COVID world. I love how you mentioned that. Dirk even says in the episode, like, A, B, and P, A, I don't even know the letters, but before and after <laughs> pandemic, right? Yeah, B, P, so, and A, P, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, thanks. You're welcome. I'm a visual person. I got to see it. <laughs> No, I think you're right. I think that those will be some of the terms we use going forward of uh, just like social distancing is a thing and curbside pickup and all those different things. Oh, yeah. We'll have a COVID specific dictionary by the time we're done with this. For sure. Well, it's even enlightening what he talked about at the beginning of just why does the chamber exist? I think even for me as a chamber member, I have my own little world that I'm focused on. Like, what are they doing for me in this space? But they have so many different initiatives that they're trying to tackle Mm -hmm. and specific to this community. And it was great for him to paint that picture and then talk about it, like how that has shifted from prior to the COVID, prior to COVID arriving and and, um, since, since it's been around. Also, what was interesting, what I've like, I personally enjoy. We talked about this a little bit in the interview. Was just their ability to tell the story from a marketing perspective. You know, especially with mm-hmm. COVID, there's been so much information that's gone out there. There's so much new things that we just don't even know how to navigate through, and there's so much to consume, and you don't always know who to go to and and how how accurate is it? And can I even make sense of it? And I think they did a great job. Um, and I've experienced personally of just condensing that message down. How does it make sense from your perspective as a business owner? What are the things you need to know? Uh, how do you apply for this loan and, and Mm -hmm. what are the timelines and the deadlines? And, um, they've done a great job of that. And then even, you know, educating the consumer to know how to best support small businesses. And Mm -hmm. so from us as marketers, we kind of get geeked out on this stuff, but I thought we can be really critical of that stuff and it can be really bad, but I think they did a great job of condensing the story, making it, um, helping it to make sense from us and putting it in a way that like makes it exciting to look at and helps guide us through this day-to-day scene that we're trying to go through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not only that, but in their transition, they're still putting out events, you know, even if they are virtual or now with the ability Mm -hmm. to be a little bit more in person, just to support that community and let them know they're still here to help. And that's awesome. So we, like we said, we're wrapping up our cause in COVID mini series. We hope that you have enjoyed these conversations and just found, you know, some hope and some inspiration in Mm -hmm. just the wonderful Mm -hmm. entrepreneurs and small business owners that we've gotten to talk with and gotten to hear their stories from. So if you get a chance, we would love for you to go back and listen to all the interviews, get to know your neighbors if you're in the Colorado Springs area. Um, And like I said, just be inspired to keep 
pushing forward and, you know, keep looking for a supportive community because I think as we found through these interviews, it's out there and, and that's just so hopeful to me. <laughs> yeah. And if you know of any other stories that you think would be great for us to hear, we'd love to, we'd love to sit down and talk to, to other business owners who've either, you know, struggled really hard through this time and are working their best they can or others who've had great success. Um, we just love hearing these stories. We love connecting with business owners. So please just send us an email. You can shoot it to us at hi at keyholemarketing.us. And we would just love to connect with them and hear those stories. Absolutely. So we talked with Dirk a little bit about kind of the road ahead and where he sees things going from a chamber perspective and a community perspective. And we know that there's a lot that's still to be determined. Um, And we know that there's been a lot of downside to this pandemic as well as an upside. So um, we're just excited to kind of walk that journey with the rest of you and, and see where we go. Thanks so much, Dirk, for uh, joining the, the podcast. Really appreciate your time. Um, just wanted to, we've kind of started off this cause in COVID series by asking each of the business owners for their quick synopsis about his or her business. Uh, could, and I think sometimes like with the, with the chamber, it's not always intuitive to everyone what, what it is the chamber does and why you exist. Could you give a little background on, on the purpose of, of the Colorado Springs Chamber specifically and, and why you do exist? You bet, Joe. Um, so the Colorado Springs Chamber and EDC really has has four mission sets. Uh, we are a membership organization. About 70% of our funding this year will come from our private sector members, companies, organizations that, um, that support our work. And the balance comes from our private sector mm-hmm. um, partners, the city and county, the uh, Colorado Springs Utilities and others provide us support for services we we provide them as well. A little bit of background. Four mission sets we have. One is to help current and future employers grow and prosper in Colorado Springs. We are focused on on helping them create jobs for, for area citizens. Second one is to work, it, it's in uh, defense development, to work with our military community to ensure right. that they have um, a, a good, safe operating place, that they're supported by the community. And that applies to both the men and women in uniform and the companies. About almost 260 companies and organizations in our community are related to the aerospace and defense industry. It's an important right. part of our work. The third area is in public policy. We are the voice of business in this region and are are deeply involved in public policy to ensure that we have a strong business climate and that the voice of business is heard at a local level with our city and county, at a state level, and at the federal level as well. And then our fourth one is to, I mentioned our members at the beginning, that's uh, the lifeblood of our organization. And so the fourth part or the fourth mission we have is to care for those members and to ensure that we have a strong business climate for them. Mm-hmm. They're recognized for excellence in their work, that they're connected with each other. We have a strong fabric in the business community and that's part of our work to bring them together in, in a variety of ways through our member services and our communication and other practices. Yeah, no, that's great. No, it's been helpful for me since we've been moving out, moved out here last year and getting acclimated into this this community and meeting other members as well. So I, on a personal note, I appreciate all you've done for me as a business uh, in the last year. How was your organization impacted by COVID? Um, you, were you considered an essential business? Did you have to shut down and, and kind of go remote for a while? Or how, how, was, how did that work for the chamber? Yeah, we were not considered... We were not considered an essential business, okay. so we have been working from home 
um, since the middle of March. Okay. Um, gotcha. We have continued operations full speed. We've just shifted our, our focus pretty substantially, as have many businesses. Yeah. Um, today, and we've had a, a number of steps al- along the way, Joe, where um, in the early months, um, I've got 22 staff members. Mm-hmm. In the early days, we allowed up to five people to come back into the office at one time. Gotcha. We have expanded that or relaxed a little bit to be up to 10 people now. And really, we haven't pushed that limit much because we are able to work remotely. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're able to continue serving our members and, and doing our work from uh, on a work-from-home basis. Yeah. No, that's great. We've had impacts. Joe, I'll just comment. We've had impacts yeah. in a number of other ways. The, the members, the business community that has been impacted by COVID um, are our members. And so we have had members who've gone out of business. We've had some who have had to reduce or drop completely their membership in the organization. So we've seen financial implications for sure. uh, to the organization from COVID as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think that was, it's been interesting on this whole series to hear really some expire, inspiring stories. And of certainly there are many of the the other side of that. And um, it's, been a, it's been a mix, you know, I think that's been, been uh, interesting to hear. When you think about prior to COVID, what was the chamber, what were some of the initiatives you were focused on? If you can look back, I know it's been a whirlwind since then, but what were some of the things that were on your radar at that point? Yeah, isn't that true? Boy, days of COVID, it feels like time has been compressed. (laughs) I think there'll be a BP and an AP uh, timeframe for future generations before and after the pandemic. Um, Some major things we were focused on before, some, some of which carry through today, in our, um, in our, and I'll talk in those four mission sets. Okay. Um, in a job creation mode, what we were working on before, we had about a, we had twelve to fifteen prospects that we were working with, um, companies that were looking at expanding in Colorado Springs or moving to Colorado Springs, and we were deep in pursuits with um, with those those. Uh, uh, new companies coming and we were deep in the process of supporting members in their expansion plans. Um, That's a very normal course of business. Uh, A quarter of my staff almost is involved in that work and and have continued through the pandemic, although that slowed substantially. We'll come back to that. Um, Before the pandemic, we were involved in pursuit of U.S. Space Command, uh, the headquarters location for Space Force, and we continue to be involved in that, although it's a slightly different um, a different process that the Air Force has shifted um, earlier this year in, in May that took a different focus. But it, it has been a heavy focus for us for almost 18 months now okay. and continues to be. In public policy, we were represented on a weekly basis at least at the state capitol, uh, the, you'll remember back back then in mid-March, the state legislature was in session. Family medical leave was a heavy topic. We were very involved in uh, in modifications to, to that program, that proposal. Um, and, and it shifted immediately, at least that element of our work shifted immediately when the state legislature went into recess from COVID. Yeah. Um, we were, well, I'd have to think what we were working on at a local level with city council at the time. I'll have to look back at my calendars, Joe, and, and see what the issue was. And, yeah. and at the time, we were, um, I'll, I'll say the first of March, we were anticipating doing almost 150 events 
this year. Everything from um, speaker series at lunchtime to uh, the state of the city or the state of the region in our gala. Everything from small gatherings to many hundreds of folks getting together. And of course, that's been substantially affected as well. For sure, for sure, for sure. For sure. And I've seen quite a bit of the updates of what you have focused on as, a, as an organization since then. How would you, how would you describe the probably immediate shift from those focus points to your new focus since the pandemic's come around? Yeah, that's a, a, a good question. Um, first, of all, let me go back through those, those past four. We yeah. continue to work with companies um, on expansion plans and, and relocation plans. Although what we have experienced and what we've heard nationally is somewhere between 40 and 60% of those projects are, are either tabled or canceled. Gotcha. And those that are tabled, we continue to stay in contact with, ensure that they have information, mm-hmm. um, ma- maintaining a, a live line of, of conversation to ensure that they know we're thinking about them and we're here to help when they're ready to move forward. Um, on a um, on the defense side, we paused our work on, on Space Command for a couple of months, just knowing that any messaging, um, any advocacy we would be doing would be lost in the national response, the national dialogue, I should say, about, yeah. about the pandemic. And so we tabled that work, but we resumed at full speed late this summer again. Gotcha. Um, public policy, we're, we're back in business, anticipating the legislature being in session in the, in January and November ballot measures. And so mm-hmm. our staff has continued to work hard in that area. Yeah, and then sure. me- member services, we've, I'll, I'll talk about that for a few minutes because it, or a little bit longer, because it, um, that's maybe where we've seen the biggest shift. Those 150 events that we would typically do in a year, uh, number one, they've been scaled back in number and number two, they've, they've almost all gone to, since mid-March, everything has been on a digital basis through Zoom or other, um, other media like that instead of doing live events. We're getting ready to do our, our first live event since the pandemic really took hold, mm-hmm. and that's the State of the City, which we'll do later this month. Um, it'll be a, a modified event with some folks live at the Pinery and, and the event broadcast to uh, hopefully a much bigger audience as yeah. well. We'll do that for the first time. About if I, if I look at our whole body of work, Joe, I would say that our organization has spent about half of our time on COVID response. Mm-hmm. And it, that fits in several areas from the, the very beginning companies needed three things. They needed immediate emergency cash. They needed long-term financial stability and they needed communications about policy and practices. Yeah. And we jumped in in all of those areas. Um, we, we were early supporters of the survive and thrive emergency loan program that exponential impact put together. Um, our 501c3 foundation donated a, or lent to the program, excuse me, uh, lent to the program, a hundred thousand dollars of, um, money that was then loaned out to the businesses. Um, my wife and I personally put $20,000, uh, towards the survive and thrive program. 
Um, I was involved in the oversight committee to help the strategy, and uh, one of my senior staff members was involved in the loan committee, looking at the applications and making those decisions. Yeah. And then we promoted the program heavily through our communications channels. Yeah, yeah. That com- communication piece, we uh, launched immediately a COVID-19 resource page with mm-hmm. best practices and um, uh, guidance from the state and local health department. We've put on probably 20 events um, that were specifically about COVID, everything from HR practices to liability to um, hosting a business executive on how they're uh, in a telephone town hall, how they have responded um, to share best practices. Yeah, yeah. What? A, a significant uh, shift in our focus and resources, as I said, about half our time, I think, has been spent on COVID since then. And the biggest yeah. effort then has been with a partnership we we formed with Public Health, uh, the Regional Recovery Council. We've been meeting weekly since early April to ensure that um, there's a balance between economic health and public health as policy decisions were made. Mm-hmm. They've been great partners. Um, we've made very good progress working together for this region, and I think it's unique from what we understand, unique in the state, that our two organizations are working together as closely as we are. Yeah, such, a, such an interesting partnership there, bringing those two entities, because one can get out of balance with the other and not, not pay attention to the, that, the other side of the equation, but it's, in, it's been amazing to watch the kind of in-step coordination. Was there any... Um, and also real quick on the communication piece, just as a marketer, I mean, that was just so helpful from my end. Um, and I'm sure for many other businesses around here, because, you know, you have this global, global messaging going out and some of it's applicable, a lot of it's not. And, um, for you to create more local pieces that are relevant to us as local businesses, trying to serve other local customers, you know, helps to make this huge message much more digestible and, you know, how to put it into, into action. And so thank you for that. I, I really do appreciate that. That certainly uh, had meant a lot to me. It stood out to me as far as how you responded. Was there any, uh, was there any model that you could even pull from, you know, as far as how to respond? Was there anything that you or the city looked at and said, here's how this happened in 1918 or some sort of past, I don't know, um, situation where you could go, okay, here's what we need to do as an organization in response? Or was it or are you sort of learning as you go? The, the technology has changed so much since 1918. <laughs> yes. it, I think the lessons that we drew from then were that even then there were pockets of resistance to basic public health practices like wearing mm. a face mask. Uh, it's, yeah. it's human nature. Yeah. Um, I'd say that initially one area we drew some inspiration from was the, the Governor's Council on Economic Stabilization and Growth. Mm. Um, I served on that for a period of time uh, representing outside the areas outside the metro, uh, metro Denver community. And that was an inspiration for me and um, how we shaped the Regional Recovery Council and just recognizing the important need to work with closely with public health. But otherwise, as I've talked with lots of my friends and peers in the business community, there's no owner's manual for a pandemic. Um, I I spent a lot of time, I and my staff spent a lot of time in the very early weeks of the pandemic reading everything we could get our hands on from McKinsey, from Harvard Business Review, from other um, really credible sources to see practices that were being used in other organizations in other parts of the country. So, But it was very much a real-time learning experience and adapting as quickly 
as as we could, Joe. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And I know we've experienced on our own level with our school and, and our son going back to school yesterday, and we've been inundated with all the updates, but, you know, there's certainly a lot of grace given to organizations like that and yours who are, you, you have a plan in place, something else swoops in, now you're shifting, you're adjusting, you have to do four more communications on that one thing, and there's just no, like, here's how this worked in the past, so let's copy and paste. Um, so we're all navigating through it. Just the last question, we, we talked a little bit about the, the stories of re- resiliency we've had on this podcast. You've, you've talked about some certain, the, the, the other side of that equation where businesses have certainly gone out of business and members have, have had to leave your organization. Um, what, as you look kind of at the whole picture from your vantage point, what, what's the road ahead look like for the business community here in Colorado Springs? Biggest part of that, I hate to give this answer, but I think it's still to be determined. Mm-hmm. Uh, biggest part of it, there's, we still don't know when this is over. Yeah. Um, and and I think we'll continue to have uh, the virus with us uh, um, even after there is uh, a vaccine. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, a vaccine that, that protects us against this. Um, For sure. A, a couple of things I would say, and this is a, a reflection on our business community. The downside, and this has been well recognized and um, and addressed as well as we could, is the impacts to our um, some of our retail industries and certainly our hospitality industries, which are an important part of our community. Yeah, think about food services and our hotels and the vendors and, the, and their entire supply chain. It's an important part of the long history of Colorado Springs and how important tourism is here and hospitality is here. The upside is that we have a very we have very strong sectors that weren't affected mm. nearly as much, in some cases weren't affected at all by the pandemic, who have been yeah. able to maintain full operations, keep people employed, keep money circulating in our community. That's really helped us offset the impacts we've seen in those other sectors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in our world, we call them the professional, technical, and scientific services. That includes our cybersecurity, our aerospace and defense, our financial services industries, most of which were able to work remotely and work successfully through the pandemic. And that's been an important buoy for our our community to, to maintain economic activity, strong a strong level of economic activity in our region. Yeah. I, I think you're 100% right. There's just a, sort of this indefinite end to this, you know, that, as you said, things will come, vaccines will come, solutions will come, and yet there'll be other pieces that aren't resolved. And so it will linger in, in certain in other forms and fashions. And um, yeah, we'll just continue to navigate through it day by day. And I appreciate all you guys are doing at your organization for us. And um, thank you so much for the time today as well. Joe, you're really welcome. I appreciate the the opportunity to speak with you and your audience, and I appreciate the feedback that you provided that some of our communications have been helpful for you. I look forward to continuing to, to navigate this together. You've been listening to the Cause and COVID miniseries on the Metaphorically Speaking podcast. At Keyhole Marketing, we tell big stories for small businesses. If you're in the Colorado Springs area and struggling to tell your story in this season, we'd love to come alongside you and help you with your content, branding, SEO, social media, or photography needs. Send us an email at hi at keyholemarketing.us if we can help.